This is RebelNet Radio with your host T.E. Parker and Joe Spilatro. What song was that, T? There's Changes in the Air? I hope so. Just Changes. Oh, Just Changes. By who? David Bowie. David Bowie. We've used it before, I'm sure, because we have a new athletic director and a new coach every two years. Football, basketball, it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. Baseball. There's always changes. There's they, haven't change. been, they haven't been for the better, usually. <laughs> changes are brewing. But, but hey, let's have some hope. But I will say this. I can't remember the last time we did a podcast the week before Memorial Day weekend because uh, this is usually a very slow time. Well, you may not remember the last time, time we did, we did a, podcast. a podcast. Yeah. Um, however, uh, this is usually a very slow time of the year, and UNLV basketball got a lot of interesting news this week and regarding the scheduling, uh, some players coming in, and uh, it feels like we're heading in the right direction. I, I'm excited for the first time in quite some time. Um, so I want to start right there. Uh, Joe, in the last three years ever since rice left we we've had a don't candy coat it a dearth in scheduling uh yeah we've been afraid to play real teams it, it, it's, it's been very bad not only is the mountain west conference uh down and having its its worst couple years in the last two years uh sands nevada unr but overall, as a conference, but, you know, even with even with UNR elevating the conference, it's, it's still, still bad. It was still real bad. So, uh, the fact that we've played poor schedules over that over that time frame really made you feel like maybe UNLV is no longer a uh, national team, and we may not be. We are. We, we're more of a regional team, but uh, I think we can still schedule. And Dave Rice proved that. Kruger proved that to to some extent, yeah, and uh, Marvin just didn't. All of a sudden, he proved that you could run away from real teams and have nobody show up at Co- home to watch them. Coach Otts. No, he. You know what? That he, was. I'll tell you what. I think a lot of people were impressed with his press conference when he came on board. I don't. I don't know that you know the fans bought into it as this big splash hire. It wasn't by name. It wasn't. Um, but I do think people were impressed with his press conference. And what got me most excited was uh, ma- mainly two things. He said, we are going to play, we're going to start playing some basketball teams. We're going to play a real schedule. Now, there's only so much he could do this year because a lot of the schedule is in place. But he's already in the middle of doing that. He's he's flopping the schedule around to make it competitive and teams that we recognize. And the other thing he said, which we still remains to be seen, is that he was going to start uh, he's going to attempt with elite recruiting. So, you know, you're not going to nail players in your first two months, high school kids or anything like that. So for most of that, his recruiting philosophy, whether that promise stands or not, you know, we're going to need a year or two to see. Yep. They're going to need to see the style and some more uh, energy around our program. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what he has been able to control thus far mm-hmm. is getting teams on the UNLV schedule uh, that fans are at least going to know and want to watch. Right. Uh, so next year. The other thing also. We we're are not afraid to go on the road. We're not afraid to go on the road. Um, how many road games did we have non-conference last year? One. Two. I, I did. I'm trying to think. Um, we, we did play in Hawaii. That was, those that was, ended up being one road game because we those played Hawaii. Those are neutral Hawaii. site games. Well, no. The, oh, one, we, we did okay. play. But 
in reality, we didn't know what the schedule was going to be, and it was a neutral site tournament. So other than that, I think we played two, I believe. Who? I, I think you're right, but I cannot recall for the life of me who we played. But anyway, we, we shied away from the road the past couple of seasons. I think one of the teams was a... Uh, Mount MVC? No. Big West? Pacific? Might have been Pacific. So bad that I can't remember, Jim. Yeah. That, that's the problem. Yeah, it is uh, bad. But I, but I do remember who we're playing this year. And uh, we're going on the road. We're going to play at California. Who is absolutely horrible. It's a name conference. I would, it's a recognizable name. But they are, they've won 16 games the last two years. But I would much rather play them than Bakersfield. Of course. So, so we need to do that. I, I agree. Uh, we renewed a, a series with UCLA starting this upcoming year at Poly Pavilion. Always, that's a great one. Yes. Um, we also will be at SMU, who's a regionally decent team out of the uh, athletic conference. And then we got BYU on a neutral court. And returning games here are Cincinnati and Kansas State. No, we go to Cincy. That's we, we played, we played yeah, right. home last year. So that's four quality road games that we're going to go and play. Yeah, you, you're not. I mean, I, I love it. I think you need to get on the road to toughen yourself. I think it's good to get out of the city. And I, I think you use that time to gel mm -hmm. as a group because it's, it's just you. You don't have your fans there. And I, I think time on the road is always good. And I think the Mountain West, no matter how bad the conference is, it's a pain in the ass to travel. It's, the road games are tough. And just getting that momentum back from the fans and them look circling a date. When's the last time you circled a date on a game? I haven't. It's been a while, right? Well, I mean, since he last year, Arizona did, did you the circle year before. It? Not could really. You, could you not, not, not wait really. all off season? I can't wait to get them. No. Arizona maybe the year before. Maybe. Maybe. The the prior year, yeah, but you didn't want to play those games when we played Duke and Kansas. I right. mean, that, that was a prime opportunity. I, obviously, the program was nowhere near ready to compete with them. They would have been. Mm -hmm. but, but, you know. uh, and by the way, we did play at Illinois. That was our one road game oh, last year. right. That was our one road game last year, non-conference. We did it, play at Pacific at some point. In, that was the year before. That was, yeah, that was the year before. Here at he was The guy was afraid to play. He wanted to. He wanted to puff up wins. He I wanted mean, wins. That's it. And wins. But they're it, fake. It, but here's the thing: our fans didn't buy it. Right. That's why the crowds kept depleting. Mm -hmm. They weren't showing up for games because he wasn't playing anything. And I'm sure. I, I don't know if my nature, Otz is one that wants to play a super aggressive schedule, or if he's learning from the mistakes that were made and he's doing it regardless. Francois of Francois may have said, hey, he, he, you're playing a tough schedule. Whatever the reasoning behind it. But I, he did the I same thing it. at South Dakota State well, as well. And, and that's what I hope we continue to do. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and looking at the numbers, T, eventually where UNLV needs to be as a program is the type of team that has a shot at an at-large bid each and every year. Whether you make it or not is one thing. But you have to have an opportunity. The only way you could have an opportunity and an at-large bid when you're in a conference rated as poorly as the Mountain West has been is to play a top 100 national schedule. Mm -hmm. And top 100 is still iffy. It's more in the 50-ish range. Yeah, I'd say 50s and 60s kind of get you there. Um, Utah State had a ton of success last year. 
and I think they were ranked 102, and they were an easy shoe-in for, for the NCAA tournament as an at-large. But I, it, it didn't leave them a lot of wiggle room. No. When you have the 102 or 104 or whatever they were rated, the lower you play, the more wiggle room you have. You have to give yourself some wiggle room. You can't just invite losses either. You can't say, oh, we're playing a top-10 schedule and then you know go four and eight in the non-conference and then expect to make it. So th- there is always a balance. But the bottom line is you always have to play a top 100 schedule, overall schedule, in order to make the NCAA tournament as an at-large. If not, what you're saying is screw the season, screw the conference season. We're playing for three great games in the Mountain West tournament, and that is bullshit. Well, I'm no sorry. Fun. It's no fun. It, the fans aren't going to be engaged because they know it comes down to those three games, and at that point you, you've got no fan following. You've got no – you just have no momentum, mm-hmm. and it feels like a Hail Mary if you're going into the Mountain West tournament without – well, Any hope. And you, you have to build that excitement you early. Do. You can't you just let the whole season go on and then say, oh, come watch us because we're on a five-game winning streak against the Mountain West opponents. Right, you, which is what we did. Like, how right. many people showed up? Weren't we 6-1 and one in a game behind or 5-1 and one in a behind game, Reno. A game yeah. behind Reno? People didn't show up. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. You didn't play anything. Whatever Otz is going to do is, is if he takes the philosophy that Menzies had, whatever that was, and goes 180 from it, he'll have a much better chance that he's on the right track. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And this isn't Murderer's Row that we're playing this year, but... It's challenging. We should be... The Pac-12 should treat the Mountain West kind of the way we treat the Big West. They They should. should. They should want to play Mountain West teams. Because guess what? The... RPIs and the and the strength of schedules and everything is a is a grade higher than the Big West teams, so Pac-12 teams should want to play Mountain West teams, and we should take advantage of that. Absolutely, because the Pac-12 is not hitting on all cylinders right now. No, it's been as bad as it's been in years. Right. So it just they're any, the weakest of the power conferences, aren't they? Yes. Oh, by far. Yeah, by far. So when you get a recognizable name, um, people I think show up. I mean. We played Cal here under Rice early, I think, mm-hmm. his first or second year. Um, people showed up for that. They recognized the name. Oregon was up and coming. We played them. at. In fact, they ended up making the Elite Eight that year, but they, they were a name, and people showed up for that. They want to see these boys compete, and I could, I could promise you, I don't care who the player is. Any, at any point in UNLV history, if you went up to the players and you got honest answers from them, they want to play the best players, the best teams possible that they can play. They're not afraid to play. They want to be challenged. They do not look forward to games against Prairie View. They they don't get up for them. They don't care. So, and from a fan perspective, whenever you buy that Street and Smiths, yeah, two months before the season starts, and you're reading up on all the teams in the country and who's got a shot at making the tournament. Uh, if your non-conference doesn't have any team that's in that top 64. Yeah, you're done. Nobody's going to care. No, nobody's going to compare. And your realistic goal is going to be CBI, which will never, ever fly in Las Vegas. It shouldn't fly anywhere. It shouldn't. Well, no, it, it should fly at Bakersfield. Okay. It shouldn't fly here. Okay. It, it flies at Reno because they hang, hang those banners. That's that's true. They yeah. do. Yeah. Insiders.com. Yeah, all that stuff. CBIs. It won't fly in Vegas. I mean... I think I know the fan base here pretty well, having 
you know, not missed a game in 32, 33 years or whatever it is and living and breathing and eating it. These fans aren't going to accept bullshit. They just aren't. I mean, you're going to always going to have a small segment that are going to show up no matter what, because that's my team. They've always been my team, mm-hmm. but, but we've seen how much that is eroded. Yeah. Cause we lost about probably about 6,000 of them because of the BS. Mm-hmm. They then, still purchased their tickets, but they didn't show. That's right. terrible. That's even worse than not the, selling. It, absolutely, tickets. it is because it, it's almost it's almost like a, a silent revolt. Correct. Or uh, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, and that's what it, it was. I'm giving you the money just because I've always given you the money, but I'm not coming to. The I'm games. not wasting my time. Uh, I'm not watching them on TV. Yeah, and I don't know how much. I, I do think UNLV will do better with attendance next year. Ticket sales, I don't know that they'll do better because there was that large gap between ticket sales and what was actually showing up. I just think the ticket sales will be similar and we'll have more that show up, up. if that makes sense. If we're selling 8,000 a year and only 2,000 were showing up last year, I think we'll sell 8,000 next year and 5,000 will show up or 6,000. I agree. And I think uh, Coach Osselberger has done a good job of getting out to the community. He's, yes, yes. And meeting people. And he's a personable guy and uh, he's social. So walk up and say hi to him. He's not going to scare you away. Um, and he's, he's shown that on the recruiting trail, um, it's, it's wait and see approach right now. Uh, I think he had to fill, well, we're still doing a fill with some guys that he liked what they do Mm -hmm. and not necessarily get the best athlete and the best talent right away, but get some guys that fill the system that he runs. Um, you know, this this transfer portal has really muddied the waters tremendously with the way it works. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's no. just making it. I mean, right now we it's have no, we have no clue about our roster. Um, but neither do half the teams no, in the country that, that are saying. any good. And, and now, you know, so many grad transfers, so many just regular transfers. Um, but the NBA draft now is also a major mm-hmm. problem because you can hire an agent yes. and then pull out like two weeks before the draft. Right. I know. So. Uh, these teams with these top 100 kids that all want to go and test the waters every year, hire an agent. What do you do in filling your roster? Do you just assume that they're all gone, or uh, I, I do think you it's keep a... roster spots open, or how do you how do you handle that as a coach? Because one of the greatest college coaches that I've seen in the last 20 years just left for the NBA, and I think a big reason was he doesn't know what his roster is going to be. You, you know, I I think. If I were a coach, I think my contingency plan would be aggressive. I would, if somebody hires an agent and they're going to test the waters, I'm going to recruit that spot. Now, if they decide to come back, well, you got an issue. But what if it's five players on your team? It doesn't. I, me, I, I'm not going to be left shorthanded. I can't afford that. So I would recruit. I, I would recruit. Well, I, you know, you got to use some common sense. Like, for instance, I think you said Jalen Poyser decided to go. First of all, okay, you don't care. You're going to fill that spot regardless. He's not going to make it. Okay. Right? I'm talking at – and really, I'm not talking UNLV right now. You're talking, I'm talking Duke? At the top 40 programs in the yeah. country that get the most top 100 kids. The, t- the mid to the top. At, at Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, you already know that they're all going pro. But the teams like a Texas or a Michigan or a Michigan State if, currently, if, Villanova. If you don't have an adequate backup that could jump into the starting spot for that player that's departing, I think you have to recruit it. Now, if that player decides they want to come back, I mean, that's that's where you got to 
figure things out. But I'd rather be left trying to figure those out than figure out what am I going to do? We're shorthanded. We're going to be screwed next year. Yep. Um, if that means you have, you know, you push somebody to an, uh, another school because all these coaches are friends, you're always going to be able to find spots. Um, sure, there's enough people out playing basketball sure, in high yeah. school that you can take yeah. people at some point. Yeah, but <clears throat> it's it's very discouraging to see one of the top college coaches in the country leave three weeks into May because mm-hmm. of this situation. Um, well, the NCAA doesn't have a good handle on, let's say, a lot of things, yes. obviously. It's an absolute mess. Between, they're having a rough year. Yeah, they're having they're having a rough year. And, and I, I tell you what, um, if, if you'd listen closely. If you, and how Sean Miller still have a job? I have no idea, and I don't know how much longer that'll happen. But if you go <laughs> and you sit next to Tark's grave, you probably hear chuckles coming from the grave right now. Oh, he's, he's because right now he's is as much as he said how corrupt they were and how mismanaged and everything. I mean, now everybody's seeing it mm-hmm. close up and what you know, Tark is an angel compared to some of the crap that's going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's bad. It's bad. And and you're right, this whole situation with the players, it just makes it difficult, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, how do you keep rosters? Yeah. I, and and no like before, if someone was going to stay in the NBA draft, they had to to declare and, and stay in it first first or second week of May. Now, it gets stretched out to end of May. I think they have till the 28th. I, I may be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the 28th. The draft's like the second week of June. Right. So And you can hire an agent the whole time and fire him and go back to school. Right. How many roster spots do you keep open? I don't know. I mean, even if you're a non-traditional school, you may want to keep roster spots open just for kids that are trying to go back well, and don't have a place. You know what? Maybe the NCAA needs to allow for a couple more scholarships that they don't have to be filled or used, but maybe they should allow you to ha- carry 15 scholarships now instead you're of 13. Title 31, though. Oh yeah, Title 11. Title 11. Excuse me. Yeah, you, you are, but that's only two players. You should be able to be okay. I mean, it's never even even. Right. I, I would. I mean, I, maybe the NCAA should say two more spots. We'll allow it if you want to use it. Some schools can't afford it. Obviously, I, I, college football the the transfer portal is is pretty bad too. Yeah. But you have so many players on your roster that you always have enough players to fill the team in basketball. No, I know. If, if you, you're basically talking eight <clears throat> spots, right? Yeah. Of of players that are going to play, and if you're Ohio State, say. And you have five players testing. You don't care. And you don't know if they're coming back or not. How do you fill them? Oh, you mean in basketball. Right. In football, it's no big deal. No, yeah, no, in no, basketball, no. In, yeah. In football, there's no big deal at all. You don't. You got to stay in close contact with the agent, with the NBA. You have to as and a coach. Make a guess. Yeah, you're still ultimately making a guess, an educated guess. It should be a pretty powerful guess. But, um,. I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I, I actually I think it would be a good idea to add a couple scholarship spots if a, if a team wants to carry them. Now that becomes a problem if you end up with fifteen players on your team and those last two that you carried want to play. They think they're going to play. Right. It, it, they're setting themselves up. They want to be everything to everybody, mm-hmm. and they're going to be nothing to everybody because it, it's just. You're going to lose your fan bases because mm-hmm. no one's going to know who's on the team. That's it, that's happened over the years already. It, it has, and this is only going to make it so much yeah. worse. Yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be just 
a bunch of guys running around in the in the jerseys that you don't know. Yeah, I hate that. I can't stand it. It doesn't really make you want to stand it, up and cheer. No, you don't. You, you don't. You don't identify with the team. You don't fall in love. I mean, you love your team, but you don't. You don't know the guys. Right. Oh, good. UNLV made a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Who is that? Who? Who? Number fourteen. Who's? You look down at the roster. Who's number fourteen? Yeah, who the hell oh, was that? In 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 tom, Tomboy, you know you. Yeah, they it, just it's just tougher. They're not here long enough. No, I know. And the same thing, even when Rice has good players. Yeah, you, you knew it was Bennett that scored, but it, the turnover so quick, and you don't get to see him the following year. And it's just you lose a connection with the team. Mm-hmm. You really do. Yep. And uh, it's only. Gonna I get mean, worse. And, and T, you, you know what? You know, I loved our national championship team and our undefeated team the following year. But still, the '87 team. Was the was, was the real deal insanely resonated with me, and you feel it because they were all characters and they cared about each other, and they were there for the entire time. Yep, that was before players started jumping. In fact, I mean, players players started jumping when Larry and Stacy. Just three years later, players were jumping, but Larry and Stacy didn't. They came back. But you know that that is cool when you get to when you get to know the players. Even when Baino was here, the players they you know you had Dickle for four years, you had Kumbala, Dalron for four years. Yeah, you you know them. Mm-hmm. You get to I'm not talking personally, but Yeah, to, it's funny when you when you look at the UNLV record book, uh guys in Baino's era jump out a lot. Uh, and, and, your yeah, Dalron yeah. Johnsons and your Kumbalas. And Dickel uh, and Dickel and, and also in, in Kruger's era. Uh-huh. Uh, guys jump out that that stayed a number of years. Your Lewis Amundsen, um, who else was that? Curtis Terry, Wink Adams, Wink, uh, Wink was Joe Darger. Wink, Wink was the big one. Can you can you believe Joe Darger's fourth all time, tied with Oscar Belfield for most threes made ever at UNLV? Yeah, that's amazing. So I mean, you're talking two guys under Kruger, four year players. Uh, they weren't the greatest players of all time, and they certainly weren't thought of as UNLV greats. But their longevity, we knew them. We knew that Joe was getting back treatments by his dad after every game. Yeah, uh, you knew you knew Wink and his mom, and yeah, just that feeling. And, and Curtis Terry shooting it from the fin, but he also, as a freshman, knocked down the biggest shot in, at San Diego State in the Mesa ever. Yeah. So I mean, you built the rapport with these dudes. Yeah, and it, it's just. You don't have that anymore. And I'm sorry that this conversation has digressed to this because this was supposed to be just a positive conversation about where UNLV is headed uh, because I am excited about that. But uh, everything else in college basketball right now has got me kind of annoyed. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah, I don't know about annoyed, but a little just, bit disconnected. Yeah, put off. And, and unfortunately, I, I honestly don't see it changing anytime soon. No, I think this is just, and the I way can't it is. watch pro basketball. So. No, I mean they're great. They're just, I, I don't enjoy that either. Well, you, you don't enjoy it because you're getting your ass kicked by Golden State. Oh, that's true. That's I do. The, otherwise, I do like my Blazers. You'd be talking about how much you love the NBA if the Blazers were up three yeah. zero, but they can't even beat uh, a Warrior team without KD. I, I love the fact that our backcourts Weber State and Lehigh. Though. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. It, in all this, you know, society of oh, I'm going to put out a video and and I'm going to Duke, I'm going to North Carolina, I'm going to Kentucky. You know what? It's it's hard work and persistence that pays off. Always, and, always. Uh, they they get that easy ride. You, you never see guys like a Lillard and a, and a McCollum, and they're having a tough time with 
Golden State, yeah. but who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, you're still playing against Steph and yeah. and Clay Thompson, Washington State and Davidson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I know. I you know. I know. People are too eager to get there without doing all the work, and uh, that's why I like. You know, I really like Lillard. I, I like his story yeah, a lot. Dude, I think I, I he's the real deal. I mean, the other uh, after after the uh, Oklahoma City series. I liked it. They right before the the last game in that series, they asked him, uh, "How much pressure do you feel?" And he said, "Pressure." No, that's what I'm talking about. That's why he's real. Yeah, he's like that is an insult to people that are living normal lives yeah. and the single mother that's trying yeah. to find a, a meal for a kid and the guy that's yeah. working two jobs to pay his rent. He goes, "I play basketball. Right. There's no pressure on me." Yeah, and and he's right, but they don't for think sure. that. And and I think I think that humility. Is probably the very thing that drove him to greatness. Yep, yep. Stayed grounded. Uh, people that stay grounded and and don't get too big headed, and they could appreciate the journey and the hard work. They they make it. They it doesn't matter what they choose to do in life, whether it's basketball or anything. They they are the ones that make it. I'm, yeah, I firmly believe that. When you become so big that you forget everything else, just about how great you are, you've lost you've lost the touch. Yeah, like. You know, I'm not even going to name a person. That's most of them. Yes, that's most of them. It's the majority. So vast majority. Uh, I I I love the fact that I root for a team that has CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard on it. Even though we're getting swept, but whatever, I'm all good. Um, so let's speaking of three pointers. Yes. Let's talk about UNLV's newest recruit. He came out with a video yesterday. Yeah. And what do you think? About the video, yeah. Well, you know, I'm. I'm it was not, what I, it was. No, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, we, we had it on the site what three, four days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, our sources came in strong saying. By the way, this is David Jenkins. David Jenkins. About. He played for Ots at uh, South Dakota State, yep. and I think he was listed as the second best transfer player available. That has to sit out of here. That has Correct. to sit out of here. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, you, you look at the guy's numbers. If and um, he he's a big time player. We were talking off air earlier. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to get a five-star freshman that comes in and they play one year and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're talented and they're great, but there's one thing that they lack, experience. Mm-hmm. And typically, if they're a five-star like that, their focus is different. I have a feeling that Jenkins is going to have as much of an impact as any Rebel since probably, I would say, on-court impact. Anthony Marshall? No more. I think he could have more, more than, than that. that. More than okay. that. I was going to say Wink Adams. Great. I, I think I think Wink Adams was the player that kind of brought UNLV back to being a legitimate team. Yeah, respectability. Yeah, respectability. And I think Jenkins can have that sort of impact. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be in the NBA. He may, he may not be. But I just think, I think a three-star or a four-star player that has experience is far more valuable than a five-star that plays one year. I'll always believe that. For sure. And I, I love the fact he's going to sit out this year, and he's going to be the leader on the team, mm-hmm. even by sitting out. And he's got some young guards that he can really help mm-hmm. help mature and, and help Teach them the get system. better. Right. And, and, he, and You know, Hamilton and Hardy, they, they, they have a lot of room to improve. They have a ton of room to improve, and they need some structure. Um, they need some... I, I I don't know some boundaries some they need to learn basketball they need yes 
they need their that basketball team environment mm-hmm. to, to increase because mm-hmm. um, they're both very talented guys. They're talented, and I, yes. and I enjoy watching both of them. Um, but I think he will be able to help them kind of complete their game. I hope so. And uh, that's a plan. And, he, and the good news is Hardy and, and Hamilton, from what I've seen, are not selfish players. So no, they're not. They're, they're willing to to play team ball. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got to get people in the right positions, and then, and then kind of cultivate that culture uh, to the sharing that South, South Dakota State was so famous for mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Uh, I do know that if Jenkins misses one three, the next one's going in, right? Pretty much. I mean, he should, what did he shoot? Forty five point two percent or something 45%, like that from five percent, and it wasn't like he was uh, taking not just taking a couple. Folks. No, no, he made how many? I believe it was one oh nine, something like that. 109, and for for anybody thinking about where that would rank in UNLV history in a single season of three-pointers, uh, Freddie Banks leads the way. He had 152 in 1986-87. That was a Final Four team. That was so a Final he, Four team that he, scored a lot of points. And he had a lot more games than what Jenkins would have had this year. Well, that uh, Yeah, he had... 39 we played we were 37 and 2 so we had 39 games he had a lot of games to get those three pointers right and in and fact in in his last game he, he made hit, what he, he eight hit, he hit 10 of 10? 18 against indiana yeah so um then we dropped to gerald patio off the same team boy tark was really taken advantage he, yeah he liked shooters he saw what was going to happen with this three-point line yeah. oh you want to give me an extra point for a shot let's shoot it yeah. right um so he was the original Dan Tony. Yeah. <laughs> just, and and Steve Kerr, just take threes. Yeah. Uh he was a very analytical man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's what it was. Um so how many did Patio make? Patio made one eighteen. Okay. So in thirty nine games. So then you move on to maybe the most well known clutch shooter Three or big shooter. time shooter from the outside that we've ever had, Anderson Hunt. In 1990 to 91, we played 40 games, national championship, and he had... No, 90-91 was the year we were undefeated. And, oh, so 39 and, games. Yeah, we were 39. What were we? No, 34 and 1. 34 and 1. So 35 right. games. In that year, he had 105 threes. So David Jenkins this year had 109. In how many games? I'm not even sure. I, I, don't, I don't have that info. I should have that but, info. But he's... um. He's a shooter. He's prolific, guys. He, and he averaged above 19 points per game. He had a 35-point game, I think, against Memphis. Uh, the guy could score. He could flat-out score. Um, obviously, he's going to fit into the system. We don't have to worry about him fitting into the system if he fitted it in South Dakota. Right. So there's none of that. It's And not, not a one-year wonder. He was a freshman of the year in his conference Yeah. in year one. Year two, he knocks down 109 threes. Yeah. So you know defenses – are certainly aware of him in year two. He's going to be the guy circled at the top of the scouting report. Him and the Dom year. kid. I mean, Dom, they're powerful. No, no, I'm talking for the Rebels. Oh, for the year. Rebels, he's, absolutely. He's the guy that that's, they're going to earmark. I mean, but then again, you'll have, you'll also be Mark and Hardy. And, you'll have and, Hardy as a senior and yeah. Hamilton as a junior. I mean, yeah. that right there, that's going to be a pretty good threesome on the, in the backcourt. Um, I don't know. I, I'm actually, like we talked earlier, I'm very excited that, Jenkins will be sitting out this I year. Am, I am too. Where he can just mature and and the team can kind of get that get the system. Well, down. he helps us load up better better yeah. for whatever Otz's recruiting is in the future. His recruiting isn't going to be 
stellar within two months. It can be within 14 months. So you, you want him on the best possible team. If this, this year, let, let's be honest, there aren't going to be expectations. There's going to be hopes, but there's not going to be expectations for an NCAA tournament. Right. So I'd rather have Jenkins come in on a team where the expectations are mm-hmm. an opportunity at the NCAA tournament if he's going to be our best player or one of our best players. Yeah. I'm gl- I, yeah, I think I'd prefer him sitting out. And so the rest of the recruits that Otz has brought in uh, kind of just fit, fit what he wants to do. Uh, he got some tall, lanky shooters uh, in Moses Wood and Vitaly Chabelle. Chabelle. And then uh, also Antonio. John Antonio. He's a three-point shooter from Juco. Mm-hmm. So he should be able to come in and also this year help mm-hmm. us right away in, in, in the three-point area. Which, hey, guys, we needed shooting. Oh, my God, we needed I shooting. Mean, it was, I'll take anybody that can knock down a three-point shot you know, at this you, point. You know, it's amazing. We, we had that stretch last year, I think, of about probably 12, 13 games where we shot lights out we are incredible we had to be shooting above 40 percent as a team for those 12 games and even with that we still ended up ranked number 222 in the country with three-point shooting ouch yeah that shows you how bad we were in those other it's like games it's like a coach that uh runs the spread offense coming to a team with the wishbone yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Complete overhaul. Time. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he's he he's got to do a complete overhaul. He's gonna he's motion spacing, um, space spacing is gonna be huge. Yep. So it, it's it, he is trying to flip flop a full. I don't know what our philosophy under. I, I honestly don't. After three years, I don't know what we're attempting to do on the floor. We weren't strong defensively or offensively. And we just, I could never tell if he wanted to be an inside pounding I, team I couldn't or tell an either. outside shooting team. I, I couldn't either. It was difficult. So so he's got his work cut out for him and trying to mold this team. And I think that's what some of these players are. You, you, you failed to uh, mention from Texas, Elijah uh, Mitrulong. Yep. Another um, uh, guy that can play right away for us. He could play, I guess, point guard or, or two. So, you, so we got a couple players like yep. that with him and Hardy. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I think we'll just see the little budlings next year of what mm-hmm. he anticipates in the future. And hopefully recruiting gets a lot stronger Yes. Uh, I expect that it will. Um, he said he was going to change the scheduling aggressively, and he did that. And he says he's going to recruit elite players. Um, I have no reason not to believe him at this point. I mean, stick to it, go at it, and we'll see what we got. It, it, it'll be, you, you know, T, at this point, different is better, mm-hmm. no matter what, yep. because it was so bad the last three years. And that, that the styles are going to be completely different it is an absolute welcome change. Now, what, what, I don't know how well they'll defend or anything because that hasn't been a strong suit, but I, I'm still looking forward to seeing what we have out there on the court. Yep. And I, I like having an offensive-minded coach. I do too. I, I think it'll just be more entertaining. Yeah, it I will mean, be. He he may turn out to be you know our best offensive coach he may in a long time he may be and and but but i'm a believer in offense i know defense wins championships he's a defensive coach that makes him great i i've 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 always believed that you need to be very good offensively to win you can't if if you're mediocre offensively and good defensively will you win yeah you'll win but i just don't think it's enough i I really don't i think you got to be able to put the ball in the hoop to win you you just have to i completely agree yeah i so that's I'm excited. It. I, I mean, you know what? It, it's it's it was honestly a chore to go to these games the last couple of years to where like it's your to me 
going to 550 straight games or whatever the hell it is to where I'm sitting on the couch last minute. Game tips off at 7. Here it is, 6.42. I'm sitting on my couch debating on whether I want to go. I know I'm going to go because that's just why I am. Right. But I sit there grumpling on my couch saying, God damn it, I really don't want to go out that door and sit in that empty stadium and watch bullshit. Mm-hmm. I did it. I hated it. And I'm just glad um, we're moving past that. We're moving past that. That was just that was an awful, awful, awful era. If if we have some fun, that's that's really what I yeah, care I mean, about this year. What go we, out there and have some. Have what a good what time was the there. first thing we talked about when you walked in here today? Hey, which road game do you want to go to? Right. I mean, that we didn't. Even that wasn't that. even an option. It wasn't an option because we unless we wanted to <laughs> Mountain West yeah. only. Yeah, and I don't want to go to Mountain West games. I wanna. I wanna. Go to UCLA or Cal again or or Dallas doesn't sound bad. Dallas sounds okay. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? I got I got plenty of time to take off. I mean, we haven't made any NCAA tournament since we lost to Cal back in two thousand one thirteen. Yep. So my t- time off has been accumulating. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, three months I think I've got. Well, Rebels get good. He wants to take oh, them all st- one I got, time. I got more than that. Jesus. I could have another kid and take the time off. There you go. That's too. That's. I, but I want to go to the games, man. I. I don't want to save up time, but we'll we'll, we'll go to one or two of them. I think we're going to go to a football game. We talked about maybe yeah. going to Vandy, Vandy down in Nashville. Northwestern. Yeah. yeah, one of the two. It it should be a fun year. Uh, UNLV sports uh, will hopefully keep me. I, I don't completely think they, engaged. I, I I don't think they have much of a choice. If you want to be honest, I mean, no. they, they don't, not with the Raiders coming. I think they've got to start making some, unfortunately, time is running out and they got to make some hugely positive steps in both sports. By the they way, have I, to. I, I want to tell a quick story because I doubt many uh, fans heard this one because it was on ESPNU radio. Uh, I was driving to work the other day and the topic was, who would you want to schedule? If you could schedule anybody non-conference home or away, who would it be? Basketball? No, football. Football? Alabama fan calls up. Okay. Now, Alabama doesn't get excited for anybody. They play. They already play the roughest road games in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. they're playing at LSU, Auburn, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, well, I got a mid-major and a major. He goes, I'd like to play at Ohio State. He goes, but I'd also really like to go play at UNLV and see that new stadium. See the new stadium? What a great town. To, if you were a fan, I mean, would you love to come here for a week to watch Penn State play UNLV? Of course. And just hang out at the Strip and the stadium and see the new stadium and all of that and course. enjoy everything? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I almost absolutely. fell out of my car. Yeah. An Alabama fan was thinking that the greatest non-conference game that Alabama could play is a road game at UNLV. I was like, oh, wow. that, that, that'll show you about the stadium. But what I don't like is today um, I had to stop off and get some crap for the house at Bed Bath Body and Beyond or whatever. One of those home furnishing stores. Okay. Walking around. Jen's looking for some stuff, you know, to match the bathroom sets and all that. And so I'm just I'm not paying attention because I'm a guy and I don't care about that stuff. And I'm walking around. And I look, and there's one corner set up with just rebel, I mean, um, raider bedding, towels, you know, the whole the whole shebang, throw throw rugs and all that stuff. Another corner, knights. Not a stitch of UNLV, anything in there. And it made me mad. Not at the store. No. 
But at where I'm we're not, at. I'm, I'm not mad at anybody personally with where we're at. Right. It aggravated me. I mean, they got a supply and demand. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like it. I just did not like it. There was no red in that goddamn store. But there was plenty of silver and black and... Black and gold. Uh, yeah. Well. I, you know, I, I just looked and I took Genesee and I said, look at this. It's like, what are we doing here? It's we lost responsibility. them. It is our responsibility. Um, there's been so many mistakes. The whole mascot mistake. Everything is just... A mistake. Culminated to where we're at right now. And hopefully Francois is it's, the leader to get us out of this. Hopefully. But I'd say it's been gross mismanagement for a long time. Absolutely. It, it, Absolutely. It was gross mismanagement. Guess what? When Tark was here, mm-hmm. he was just able to overcome it because he's one of the he best. He was surrounded by He was people. one of the best that ever yep. played the game, that coached the game. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky. And unfortunately, I... You know, as we get further and further away from that, I realize that it was a mirage. That's not who we are. I don't like accepting it, but it's not who we are. But it's what we have to aspire to be. Okay. We are going to finish this on a positive note, though. Well, what is a positive note? Well. Welcome, Jenkins. I tried Thank to, God. I tried to finish this on a positive note with the whole Alabama fan okay. to play at UNLV. Yeah. Um, what is a positive note? We're going to send this out. Armani Rogers is going to be our starting quarterback this year. I think he's going to have a big year. I hope so. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air. I, I really don't he know. He needs to stop running so much and throw the football because he's got a monster arm. I think he relies too heavily on his feet. But uh, I don't know. I, I, a year I, of growth, I think, he, I think he's going to have a good year. If not, I do think Max could do some things too, but I just don't know that Coach will pull. He'll do any swapping. I think Armani's his guy, and he's going to ride him till the end, no matter for better or for worse. And uh, but I, I, you know, late in the season, Max did some. He did. He did. Yeah, he showed he, some stuff. Yeah, he did. And so it's nice to have two good, two good quarterbacks. That I, I, I just don't know that he'll ever go to the other one unless Armani's hurt. Armani could give us a performance like he did at uh, what was that Arkansas State. And I How think are you he's trying still to turn this positive? I said into no. I, I'm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't get me wrong. I like Armani, it's, but I kind of like him when he starts moving in the pocket a little bit right. because I know it could be a forty-yard gain or a touchdown. So you, you know, I, I don't know. I, a positive note: this Jenkins signing is huge. It I, I like I, it really is. It's 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 the most he could have done. In this period of time, he got one of the best players in the nation assigned. It it is a tremendous signing for UNLV. We may have the best player in the Mountain West Conference next year. And and you know what's really cool? We're gonna see him two years from now. I know. Like we're actually gonna have a player that may not transfer after one. Yeah, year. and we're gonna see him in three years from now too. <laughs> hopefully. Right. So, but no, to to to. I mean, we. We've had the best player in conference before, but they've always been an incomplete player. We haven't had a best player in the conference since. Maybe wink, and and, and even, then that was that was debatable because I mean, you you're a jimmer. And jimmer, yeah. So <laughs> you, you, that's a tough one. I mean, yeah, was Bennett the best player in conference? Yeah, but he was as incomplete as incomplete he was also could be. Benched, yeah. The best player in the conference doesn't get benched. Yeah, right. That's true. So yeah, when was the last time we had the best player in the conference? Marcus Banks. Ooh, Utah had some players then too. Marcus was probably. The best all-around player, but 
Honestly, now that I think about it, when have we owned the best player in the conference? When's the last time a player got conference player of the year in the Mountain uh, for UNLV in the Mountain West? Have we had one? Have we? I don't think so. It's been. I'd have to think. No, I don't know that it's happened. I can't remember. In the Mountain West Conference, I think back. I don't know if we've ever had a conference player of the year. Bennett didn't get it, did he? Mm-mm. He got freshman of the year. So did Dalron. Uh, somebody had to. I just don't know who. Player but, of the year? I don't know. Yeah, we'll look it up and we'll get back to you in three months when we have our next podcast. That's a, <laughs> is that a positive note <laughs> That's for a you? Positive note. All right. One thing doesn't change. Us. Yes. We'll see, see you in a bit.